Hello, everybody. It is Sunday night, October the 13th. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury from TeacherCast.net, and tonight we're going to be giving you the tips and the tricks to becoming a successful blogger, how to set up a blog in your classroom for successful news writing, reporting, and all of the above with your class and kids. We have our amazing co-host with us tonight. want to bring on from the great city of Chicago, Mr. Jeff Herb. Jeff, how are you today? Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. How are things for you this weekend? Uh, how's married life going, my friend? Oh, married life's been fantastic. Uh, <laughs> no complaints thus far. Um, but yeah, no, things are going great this weekend. Had a really nice... Yeah, right. Thanks, John. It's only a matter you. of time, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you were the one that probably did that. Sorry. Um, no, it's uh, going great. Really good weekend so far. Been nice just kind of watch some football today and relax a little bit. It's been kind of a crazy last few weeks. I haven't been on in a couple of weeks and it's great to be back on the show. She's in the room, isn't she, Jeff? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, is that a bear's cup you got there? It is. Nice. There you go. Want to bring on to the show from the great state of Texas wearing a bear's shirt for whatever reason. John Samuelson, how are you today? I'm fine, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, you've had a busy, busy, um, month i've been busy i've been busy i just got back from ed camp dallas and i just want to give a shout out to the whole crew there again because they did a very it was one of the more the last two ed camps i've been to ed camp fort worth and ed camp dallas have been run very flawlessly and now it's time on november 9th for ed camp austin to be run flawlessly by the people that are putting that on and i'm one third of the people putting it on so the pressure's there for us and uh, just finished presenting at the Reform Symposium a couple hours ago. And how did that go? So that went really well. I heard that uh, you presented there as well, Mr. Bradbury. We had some good times there. I did a presentation on how to podcast, and it was it was really well received. We had Waka Patui in the chat box the whole entire time. It was it was it was pretty cool. Oh, see, that's good. See, I had no celebrities in mind. I, I actually had uh, some. Nice, some nice people, but no like real puppet celebrities were in my session. So I don't know. I was, um, you know, I, I, that is always a benefit in any reform symposium session. It certainly is. Of course, the reform symposium has been going on for the last what three days. Uh, I think tonight we had the keynote address, the final keynote with Angela and everybody was saying some amazing things about all of that. And, uh, we will certainly be posting up the uh, recordings um, on TeacherCast. I'm going to be getting that taken care of this week, so check that out. Also want to say hello to our friend from California, Mr. Sam Patterson. Sam, you're on. How are yes, you? sir. I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing well. Now, you also had a session at the Reform Symposium, didn't you? I did, and I'm sitting here. I can't believe that John had a session. I had no idea. I need to read the schedule more closely. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read. I wasn't reading the schedule either. So don't don't worry. I was just like, let me get back before three so I can make it and actually make my presentation. Okay, well, because I would have been there for you. I mean, Jeff's session Thanks, was great. Walker. It really was. But I would have been there for you. Thanks, Walk. I appreciate it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we had a reform symposium session, RSCon, Wood, and uh, it was all about puppeting in the classroom. It was a lot of fun. I kept, uh, they were like, so don't use the webcam, and I, I used it a lot. Um, they're like, there's bandwidth issues, and there, there may have been, but hopefully it wasn't too bad, because there's some stuff you just have to show. Puppeting is a visual medium. Mostly, except, you know, Charlie McCarthy did do ventriloquism on the radio. Wait wait a minute. I, it's, a, it's a visual medium? <laughs> Sam, Isn't I'm it? sorry. I thought you were saying it's for visual mediums. I'm so sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, right. That, that, that sound means the joke is over and we can move on and not think about it anymore. Yay! I, I thought that was quite a good one there. Uh, Sharon, uh, t t tell me if you oh, thought that was a good one. Oh, he's still talking about it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, of course, been a busy week here out in New Jersey. We had something called EdTechNJ the other day. Um, had a wonderful time out there meeting over 200 New Jersey and New York and Pennsylvania teachers. Um, had a chance to keynote that address, and it was really, really good out there to do that. 
Um, best thing is there was a surprise visit by the edu triplets at the thing. Um, so all that stuff was good. And of course, today was Reform Symposium. And tomorrow, if you guys are out there watching, it is actually the start of the K-12 online conference, where if you go to k12onlineconference.org, we have a great lineup for the next couple days of online conferences. Of course, Wes Pryor, Peggy George, part of the team responsible for doing all that. So check that out at k12onlineconference.org. Now, today, we are talking all about blogger, WordPress, websites. And Sam, you suggested this topic because you wanted to share with everybody how to create a successful blog for your classroom, which I know you've been very, very successful on. Yeah, I'm excited because right now I'm working with a number of teachers at my school site to set up class blogs for a number of different reasons. And right now I'm working on, for the middle school teachers, a <clears throat> site they can use to kind of support a class discussion. And it'll just be the members of the class there and reading it. And they'll be the only ones who really need access to it. It's not about sharing this with a broader community. It's kind of a discussion board use case for Blogger. So to do that, we're setting up a private uh, blog site, and I want to show that to you. So I'm going to take over with some screen share here, and we'll go start screen share. And so what I'm hoping you're seeing right now is the create blog window on Blogger, where you can just create a blog, and this can be Sam's private class blog. And you name it something, and the default name they give you is .blogspot.com. So let's see, Sam class is available. So we're going to, no. It used to be say, available. That sounds like my class. Right, I right. I would have made mine Sam class. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was surprised. Yeah. Sam, can you customize your domain if you have one that you want to... You can, and yeah. you can either customize it through the your domain server, okay. or you can actually buy the domain for $10 for the year from Google. Gotcha. And set it all up inside of Blogger, so you can set that up later. So, so it turns like out automatic setup. Sorry. I'm yeah, that's it's a very very uh, slick kind of just click here and put in the blog the site you want and pay ten dollars and it's done. Considering um, like the eight or nine dollars you spend on GoDaddy and then you still have to set it up, that ten dollar is looking pretty good. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. So now it's telling me it's creating the blog, um, and it's taken just long enough to make me nervous. <laughs> and then you have all those different templates you can choose from there. Right. There's a bunch of different templates that have different... They, they're nice because they are set up to be viewed either through a web server or from a phone, so they have you know a, a mobile mode built into them. Mm -hmm. um, I could try to select one now, but it's already creating this blog. Okay. Hmm. I, I would think I would. I think I would default to Awesome Incorporated for some reason for my blog. That just seems to scream. Well, Awesome, awesome Incorporated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome Incorporated is interesting because it's a very dark. Uh, you know, it's a very dark setup, and if you like white text on a black background, that works well. It immediately makes me think of like a gamer's blog or. Um, you know, so, something along those lines. I'm a little yeah. intimidated by that setup. I like picture window with the, with the you know nice blue sky and the friendly dog. That's more my speed. <laughs> right. I mean, for a blog, I mean, I, I just like the name of it. But, yeah, for, I agree with you. For a blog for my class, I'd much rather go with, like, the white simple or more background with, you know, yeah, not, not, the, not the white text on the black. Yeah. You know, I think I went with dynamic views for the last one I set up. And... If this one ever goes through, it'll be for that also. Um, but for the sake of this, let's hope that it'll let me click into... No, it's not letting me do anything. Okay, uh -oh. that's great. Uh-oh. We'll just try that again. Hey, there's the Reform Symposium private rooms. <laughs> right, right on. <laughs> for, for administrators to log in. I recognize that. 
That's right. I was there earlier. <laughs> so, no, I don't want to share to my Google Plus automatically. So, this is a blog that I set up for the Robot Club before I decided to do something else with it. And I'm going to show you under settings how to um, kind of set up who can read your blog and how it can be seen. Because our school is Google Apps for Education, which means we have Blogger available to us, which makes it a very attractive tool to use because it's right there and it's integrated. I can set up uh, permissions on the blog here under Settings. When you go to My Blogs, I'll kind of walk. You click on the blog you want, and then you go to Settings in the left-hand window there. And you just, on that first screen, go down to Permissions and Edit Readers. And right now, it's set to Public, but I'm going to set this to Private and say only these readers. And then I'm going to add readers to this. Now, if I was inside my Google Apps for Education account, right now I could click choose from contacts and this wouldn't be my own inbox that pops up it would be all of the students in our domain can you set it so that you know that entire domain is allowed to read it but no one else yes you can That's um, really nice yeah it is it's really great but they still have to log in but for schools, when you're looking at privacy, that's really great because it at least gets all of the kids in the door. Uh, we're, of course, going to have to help some of our parents possibly set up Google accounts and then become, like, approved members of the blog through probably a Google form where they have to submit their email, and then I can grab that and make them a, one of the approved readers but um, they'll have to have a Google account to sign into it also. So, but if I was in my Google Apps for Education account right now, I couldn't be on Google Hangouts because that's how we have them set up. So that's why I don't have that immediately visible here, but once they were there, I would save changes, and then I can write on that blog and all of those people can read it. And then I can also set it up under Add Authors. Um, yeah, that's fine. Under... Add, uh, there's the domain thing. We can look at that in a second. Um, under Add Authors, if I put my students' email addresses in there and then click Invite Authors, this blog will show up in their blogger menu, and they'll be able to contribute to the blog. So I can post a discussion page or discussion topic, and they can respond to it using the comments. Um, as long as we're in settings, Jeff, you mentioned earlier about customizing your blog address. It's mm -hmm. right here under publishing. Oh, cool. And you can add a custom blog domain. And if you have registered it already, you can actually add it right here. And you can save that. Um, I'm not going to do anything with that right now because I don't actually want to change any of that. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I like how it looks a lot like Google Forms too. So it looks pretty easy. So if you're if you're a Google Drive, Google Docs user, this should be a pretty much a snap to you then to set up yeah, for your class. It's, it's all really quick setup. And you know if you've got if you're using the Google Apps for Education, you've got you know your groups built. You can really use that pretty easily. Um, I wanted to just show you really quickly creating a post. So when you create a new post, you're in the post menu, and you can just click this new post button here, and you get the post title up here, uh, discussion topic one, and then you've got your compose field. Now in your compose field, you can either be kind of doing Oh, WYSIWYG or just, you know, it looks exactly like you're formatting it style composition. Or you can click over into HTML mode. And HTML mode is where it looks like you're writing a web page. Um, and that can be really handy if you're embedding something and you want to paste it in. Using the HTML mode uh, is most often how I do that. But here, if you want to embed, insert a video, you've got a button for that. If you want to create a jump break, you've got that. Um, so the composition is fairly simple, and it's the one thing I'd love to see, but they, I haven't seen yet, is like a send this to blogger button inside of Google Docs. 
Um, and oh. it doesn't it doesn't seem like that would be too difficult. That would be but awesome. That that's a great idea. Yeah, the, but the menu up here looks very similar to the Google Docs composition menu. So if you're working with kids in Blogger, the only thing you're really going to have to make sure they get is make sure they're doing the add or remove link uh, correctly. And there's a shortcut on the keyboard for that. You highlight something, and then you do Control-K, and it pops up your edit link menu and then you always want to make sure you have open this link in new window selected. Um, that was the number one thing my kids really had trouble with when they're working with bloggers, just understanding the whole link thing. But that's not necessarily specific to blogger. That's just kids get a lot of stuff about this, but the links they don't quite get sometimes. Um, inserting a video, it basically allows you to go from YouTube, from your YouTube videos, from your phone, and that's if you've backed your phone up in Google Drive somewhere, or from your webcam. You can pull something live from your webcam. A um, lot of versatility. Over here, you've got labels, which are your hypertext tags. And you've got the other important thing to know is the, where's the description? There's usually a search description over here. I'm very confused by the fact that there isn't one. <laughs> you know that Google, they'll update stuff on you quick. Yeah, yeah, I'll gonna have to check into that, Hoss. Because um, that's usually pretty important to my posts is I put a good search description in there as well as labeling both general and specific items to make sure that it's findable. Uh, but basically, that's not very important. These aren't that terrible important if you're just writing this for your class. But under labels, you might want to use what unit you're teaching and the subject that this is and the fact that it's a discussion. So one for kind of the genre of the post, one for the unit you're in, and one for the specific topic this is covering. And then you would publish it. And once it was published, it's, you know, here with this... Uh, Apparently, I, apparently, th this is the awesome incorporated. I use that for my robot club <laughs> job. Um, there so we go. You, it wins. Right. Exactly. You can see kind of what it would look like here, and then the students could comment, and when other students comment, they could respond to those other comments or directly to each other. So that's a quick intro to Blogger. Um, it's a really... I, I use it for both of my main blogs, I find it a very intuitive uh, program. It works well through my browser. I don't mind blogging from my iPad with it. Um, their, their iPad app is pretty good. It's, um, I like it better when I'm logging into it through like Blogsy, because Blogsy is just a better iPad blogging app. But their, their native iPad app isn't bad at all, and I don't feel bad about having my students use that in the classroom because it's free, whereas the Blogsy app, not so much. Does anybody else have a favorite uh, blogging or blogger app out there? I know I, I subscribe to a few here. One of them is called Blog Press. Have you seen that one? No. There's a free I've version, not. and I think this one might be either two ninety nine or four ninety nine. but literally it works for Blogger, WordPress, you name it. It's got everything in there. That's cool. As you say, I was going to ask you. So, do you have um, so when you have the students comment, do you moderate the comments? Do you have the ability to set? Because I know people always worry about the safety stuff. Do you worry? Um, do you have the moderate? Do you can do you have the ability to moderate and or just auto post if you don't want to moderate? Um, let me let me go into settings real quick and check that. I know that it was. Let's see. Uh, posts and comments, comment location, who can comment, comment moderation, you can have it as always, sometimes, or never. Okay. If you set it for sometimes, it's posts older than X number of days are moderated. You know, that's mainly an anti-spam issue, right? Right. Um, so you're either going to have it set to always or never. Mm -hmm. um, and then you just have to go and in and click them and read them over and approve them then. Exactly. And, and is that, the, is that similar for... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just trying to see if it allows me. It says, you know, I can restrict who can comment. It can either be 
only re you know anyone registered users, only members of this blog, or only or any user with a Google account. So, you know, I can set that level to it. What was your question, Jeff? So similar with comments, can you do the same thing with posts? Can you give students a certain like access class where they can write a post and then submit it for review, and then you can post it to the site so that you have that once over before it's something that goes live to your blog? Now I haven't figured out what kind of level of control you can do there because that, you know, once the students are writing on their own blog, I don't know how much control we have over how capped that is if they're savvy with the settings. Gotcha. Um, I have to get into the uh, the front end of the Google dot Google Apps for Education account manager and see what we have in there, but I think it's pretty much an an on off kind of thing. So I, I have a question for you. So Sam, if you go in there, so in your all right, let's say a teacher. All right, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with Google Drive. I'm I'm okay. Mm -hmm. How long do you think it takes me to set up a blog for my class? From what you just showed, is it is it just as simple as that? It's ten minutes, and I can as long as I have the emails for the kids. It's pretty much done. Yeah, Pick out the team, and you're there, and you're you can start rolling on Monday if you have school tomorrow. Yeah, it's like eight clicks. Okay. That sounds that sounds that sounds appealing to me because time is always the enemy, you know. And if it's something that easy and that simple, that sounds like why wouldn't you do it then for your class? Well, you know, exactly. And the way that the middle school teachers want to use it right now is as one blog that all the kids can contribute to, um, and they're not talking about having the kids all have their own blog. But at some point. You know that makes sense also because that becomes it becomes an easy way to do like digital portfolios and learning reflections and all kinds of great stuff. But it does get difficult to keep up with it, and uh, this is one of the reasons that we're looking into Hapara because as it's a desk, it's like a teacher desktop for Google Docs. Have you ever used it, John? No, I haven't. Um, and it gives the teachers like a view of their group and they can see when the last time they made a Google Doc was, when the last time they posted on their blog was, when the last time they used their email was, and just you know all of those user analytics for Google Docs and uh, just really quick reference, which I think is really useful because it becomes an issue of you know, really feeling the, uh, the benefit of the tool if you have to go to 25 different locations yeah. you know twice a day we're not we're not doing any improvement over the notebook check but we could <laughs> so um, we're, so we're looking that, into that what's that one called again tell me because I'll love to check it out that's Hapara H-A-P-A-R-A -A -A. Okay. John if you check out our TeacherCast YouTube channel at teachercast.net slash YouTube and then do a search for Hapara you'll find a couple interviews with them they're really good company. Oh, you know, you know. Of course, you know them. What? <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Jeff knows everybody. I always forget. Okay, so that's cool. So you have you actually video interviewed yeah. a couple of the people on there. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really, really, cool. really good. I think Apara that was weren't they one of the um, Imagine K twelve incubator first cohort? They were one of those, and over the summertime, I went up to New York to do the New York EdTech something. They had a big contest. And they were actually the winners of that contest. And the, the winner was actually they were going to pilot Hapara in every school district in New York City. Oh, wow. It's the largest school That's... district, and that was the whole point of the, of, the, of the contest was get your stuff seen on the largest school district, and they won. It was kind of cool. That's really cool. I think one of the things that um, I've been thinking about lately as I move out of the classroom and move into the private sector – you know, with my new little startup company is that the thing is that um, we're going through and we're working with, um, you know, these different school districts. And what you really need is the analytics like that to make sure that what you're doing, like the, the numbers on there back up then. So if you're doing, if all these students have blogs and they have their own blogs as opposed to the teachers just want to use one, but now they want to spread it out and have their, their own. I think it's good because then if you look at the, you can, as a teacher, just kind of cruise the analytics and be like, okay, they're using it, that's what I wanted, okay, that's enough proof for me, everybody's got it then. Right, I know that work is being done, and I can get right. to the work they're doing easily. Yeah, that's really cool, I like that, All right, I'm definitely checking out the videos then too, that's awesome. 
All right. Is Jeff Bradbury gonna? Is uh, Jeff Bradbury? Is Jeff Herb gonna show us uh, something now? I'm waiting for the magic of Jeff Herb. Is the he magic gonna, of Jeff Herb. This? Is he going through? Is he? Is he got some WordPress magic for us? WordPress or? magic. Yeah. Well, so there's a couple of things that we can do, and I need some feedback from you guys. What you think is best? Should we do a WordPress.com or should we do a WordPress.org? Let's do a WordPress.org only because I think if we did a WordPress.com, we'd be here for a while. <laughs> and you don't think so if we did a WordPress.org? <laughs> I, Uh-oh. I, I can it's already, word... it's already <laughs> sounding more difficult than Blogger to me. I think I'm, I'm declaring Sam the winner of this one. Well, right, so... right. Like, let's, this discussion started with which of these difficult, time-consuming tasks do we want to show? <laughs> Sam, I can, Sam, I can I mean, see your mouth move. Yes. I am a dedicated WordPress blogger. I love WordPress, and I wouldn't switch to any other platform because I'm most comfortable with it. I feel like I have the most control over it. But that said, I think what Sam just showed is inherently probably one of the easiest ways to get blogging going. Most people have a Gmail account, a Google account of some sort, and by inherently having that, you get into the ability to be able to be in blogger, especially if your district is Google Apps Red. If you're a Google Apps Red district, it's a no-brainer in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same point, you do uh, you know unlock a lot of functionality. Like I asked you earlier, Sam, you have the uh, ability to assign these user classes to your students that are now you know members of your blog, so that they can type something out in their account and post it, and then it goes to you as the teacher or the administrator of that blog. You can review it and then post it. So people don't have, you know, total access to just post things out on a live site. You have that one, you know, little authentication factor to be able to read, review what's ever been posted and then actually submit it live to the website. So I think that's kind of a nice feature of WordPress. And it's maybe something that's even in Blogger. I just don't know enough about it. Um, but that's something I like about WordPress. So I will definitely show you the back end of WordPress um, and uh, use it through my site here. Let me share my screen. Uh, as my fan on my computer starts ramping up here. So right here you can see the instructional tech talk webpage and um, you know, you were talking about earlier, Sam, that you can have different themes, and it's the same exact thing with WordPress, too. WordPress is the core background. It's the core functionality of the blogging platform. It comes with a couple of themes, um, but you can choose from just thousands of other themes, a lot of which are free. You can pay for ones uh, that are, you know, a little bit better or, or you know, more advanced. Uh, but one of the nice things I like about a lot of these themes is that they're dynamic. And you talked about that a little bit, uh, Sam, where you can resize the size of the window and it automatically changes so that if you're on an iPad or if you're on an iPhone, you don't have to have a separate pl plug-in or version of your website. It will automatically change just the structure of the single page itself to fit whatever device it's on. And that's a really nice thing. It's great for your students. It's great for your parents. A lot of times the students that are going to be accessing your blog or your website are going to be doing it through their cell phone because that's the one piece of technology that they always have with them. So um, it's definitely a good idea to get a theme that's called dynamic so that it will automatically adjust as you uh, move through your web page on different devices. Um, WordPress has a back end that's uh, you know, it's called WP Admin. And that's where you can change all the functionality of the site itself. And I think my internet's kind of going slow because I'm doing the Google Hangout too. But let me get in here real quick. Now you all have my web my password. <laughs> <laughs> if I can remember it here. Yeah, it's going slow because I'm doing the Hangout too. Sorry. But anyway, I'll just talk about it while we're going. Uh, it looks, you know, similar in the blogging area to Blogger. This obviously looks completely different. And um, you have all of your different tabs over here that outline exactly what you're going to get when you click on it. If you click on the post tab, you're going to be able to manage all of your posts. 
media are all of your picture uploads and your videos and anything that you're storing within your website. Um, pages are like your static pages. So if you wanted to create like a page with a bunch of links on it for one of your classes and you link it at the top of your page, uh, your main page, that's a way to do that too. Um, let me show you an example of just a regular page um, here. So these are posts. They change dynamically as I post new things to the web page. All of these change and they are organized by date. One thing that does not change, however, is like the about page. That is a static page. There's no posts that are added to it as we go through it. Um, I do apologize for the speed of my internet, but this page will always <laughs> be here. If you click on about, you'll always get to this page and nothing will be replacing it because it's not dynamic. It's only loading what's on the page. So it's really nice if you have just, you know, a little bit of information or a lot of information that you always want to be accessible uh, as like a navigational link on your web page to be able to link it that way. That's what pages are. Um, and appearance, that's where you can customize your themes and things called widgets. Now all the things on the right hand side of my page right here are all widgets. That's where you can put in a Twitter link and you can put in the Facebook stuff and Google Plus and you can have your subscription widget so people can sign up to your post through email and uh, you know iTunes and you know all the different stuff. These are all really easy widgets and all you have to do to be able to add them is go to the appearance section and go to widgets and it's all drag and drop and that's one of the most awesome things about it. So you can just say, oh, well, I want a calendar on my site now, and you just drag calendar up into your sidebar. We'll leave it up here just for fun and make changes to a live, highly trafficked website here. That's always a good idea. Um, <laughs> but, now, but now you have a calendar. I mean, it's really fast and really easy to do, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'm just, to get rid of it, just drag it out. You know, that's good because... Um... I like my blog, but it's definitely not highly trafficked at all, so nobody would notice for weeks if I changed something. They'd be like, what? <laughs> As I get my 12 visitors per day that are 10 of them are me. Well, that's all good. Yeah, that's all good. The two people. Congratulations, two people. 12 is better than none. That's right. I really, uh, like the, I really like the look of yours. I, I have to say, the look of when I go to Instructional Tech Talk, it looks so clean and professional. Oh, thanks. I mean, I mean it really does. I mean, it, it looks awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I, you know, and that's what I've been doing over the past couple of weeks. And it's something, maybe it's a whole other show topic. I'm not sure. But instead of churning out new content recently, I've really just dissected the entire backside of the web page. And so I've started using a content delivery network. So once you have that initial page load, uh, the rest of the pages should load really quickly, assuming you have internet that's reliable. Um, but it's been really nice to the point that, you know, pages should load really fast. And that's one of the cool things about uh, WordPress is that you have all these different plugins that you can use to, you know, cache your pages and speed up uh, accessibility and weed out the things that you don't need. Um, and so I think you just, if you're more of a power user, if you have more of a tech savvy about you, I think you'll probably feel maybe a little bit more limited by what you can do in uh, Blogger and that can kind of be mitigated by using something like WordPress. Um, Sam, so you're shaking I'm, your head there. What are you thinking about that? Oh, no, I, I would totally agree. Like, um, one of the things that I like about Blogger and even uh, something like KidBlog is there aren't as many options as there are in something like WordPress because anytime I teach my students a tool, I really want to teach them as many parts of the tool as I can. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, even though widgets are really, really easy, just just talking about widgets, like, makes me break out. Like, the idea <laughs> of trying to, like, decide, make that many decisions about what's going to be and all of those different, oh, my goodness, like, really, he has other things to do than fill all those little holes on the web page. <laughs> um, and I think about some of my students who I really just want them to be able to read something and write a response to it and click reply and have that be a threaded discussion and have other people respond to them. Um, I don't really want, you know, want to have to deal with that grander world of all of the possibilities of design. Um, so I think WordPress is used really, really well in a lot of spaces, but I wouldn't necessarily want to bring my kids straight into WordPress. If we were going to do something with WordPress, it would probably be on... Kid blog, which is a very WordPress similar 
platform. Mm -hmm. and, and I can't say I disagree at all. I mean, everything you said is completely accurate, but, you know, I'm kind of on the other end. I want that functionality. If I want to be able to do something like that, I want to be able to do something like that. Um, and so I think it's just totally dependent on the teacher, really. Um, I think a lot of what you said, though, is really true, that I think people are just kind of cognitively ready to use the Google products. They're used to it. They use Drive. They use, you know, a lot of those different kind of Google-esque design uh, products. And so I think Blogger fits into that perfectly. And I think that there isn't much of a learning curve by using Blogger because they're so used to using Drive or just even Googling things. I mean, it's the same kind of layout, same notifications. Um, you see a lot of that same kind of stuff going on. So, uh, you know, while, you know, I'm showing on the page right now the add new post, for the most part, it looks a lot like the blogger. You have all the editing functionality. Um, you can go into full screen mode, which I rarely ever do, but I'll show you what it looks like so that you can kind of just take your whole page and say, this is what I'm typing out, and it's less distracting. You don't have all the stuff all around you, and you can just focus on the content that you're churning out. And um, I think that's kind of a cool thing, too. I find it, that it's a good thing for me to do when I'm writing because I don't think about, oh, you know, maybe I should look at this widget, like you were talking about, Sam. <laughs> uh, because you kind of forget they all exist, and you can just focus on what you want to say to people through your post. A virtual so. world of writing. I think that you know what I think you're both totally right because I think that what I, I think what Sam's saying is perfect for students, and I yep. totally agree with them. And your website that we're looking at right now is like your professional website, and so I think that you would want to have more control over it and all those different things. But I agree with Sam. Looking at that toolbar, I guess that's why I have a hard time with WordPress. And I know that. Jeff and Jeff are awesome at WordPress, and sometime I'm just going to watch Jeff's videos on how to do WordPress and see if I have some time. But like looking at the toolbar right there, even I'm like, that that's overwhelming to me just looking at that look that toolbar. Whereas Google now has even tried to take all that extra stuff out, and then I can go up there and pluck it out when I need to. I, right. That's what I that's what I like about the Google stuff. Well, yeah. here's the thing, though. I mean, yeah, this is overwhelming. I agree, but I mean, remember, I'm the the like. Owner, the administrator of the right. site, so I'm going to see all this random stuff. If I if we create accounts for all the students, they're going to see posts, and that's about it. They're okay. not going, you know, they're going to see posts and account settings, so okay. that they can modify who they are. They're not going to see, you know, links and pages and okay. all of these plugins and all, you know, all this junk down here. That's not for them. They're going to okay. only see their dashboard with the ability to add a post or comment, and that's it. That makes sense. WordPress so. does a, a really good job, John, of, you know, if you're not an administrator and you're just a writer, it really does a good job of just clearing all the clutter from it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I know. And I know you guys make incredible sites. Like, I remember uh, Jeff Bradbury one time was redoing something and he did something so elaborate with WordPress. And I was just like, that, that looks awesome. I mean, whereas I have to just go and, like, pay Squarespace 96 bucks a year because I can't do all that stuff. <laughs> it's more of a, it's more of a cross between both of them where you drag and drop. I could show you my blog and how simple it is to, to get going and um, on Squarespace, which it really isn't that bad of a site. I've actually, no, I think your site looks great. And thanks. And, I'm, I'm and really if, trying, but if, if I was doing it from an iPad, Sammy, <laughs> Um, I, I, I would definitely look at Squarespace because you can do that from the iPad. You Yes, WordPress does have an app, but it's really just a blogging app. It's not a creative. In fact, you actually have to put a, a plug-in into WordPress to make it be iPad compatible. I don't know if Jeff has this one or not, but that way at least you can you know put your finger on the screen and move things around. There's actually a plug-in that allows you to do that. But, John, I will tell you one thing. If you're interested in learning more about how to do WordPress – this week, is the am, K yeah. this week is the K-12 Online Conference, K -12, K-12 Online Conference.org, where uh, we are having a 20-minute WordPress, how-to-do-WordPress course. So check that out over at K-12 Online Conference.org. Who are some of the other people speaking there, Jeff? Do you know some of the other people besides yourself? Uh, sure. Way to I, – I, um, um, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't... Wait, 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 to, wait to ask me to improvise okay. here. Um <laughs> You haven't looked um, over the schedule. I just was wondering. I know they do really good stuff, so you're going to show it in 20 minutes. Huh? That's going to be like 
It is it is everything that you need to see here, all okay. taken care of. Um, and if you go to k12onlineconference.org, they actually asked us to create teaser trailers of all of these. So we're like the sixth or seventh one down here, and you can't miss us. It's the big teacher cast chalkboard with Waka's Patui on it. Uh, Waka, are you there? I, I, I did want to say thank you so much for, for helping us out with that. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your role in helping educators all over the place create amazing WordPress websites. Waka doesn't quite have the same effect when the microphone is turned off, Sam. Oh, tell me about it. That was embarrassing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that, when, when, I just fluffed myself. That, that was Sam's mouth was moving and nothing was coming out of it. <laughs> That's so sad. Uh, yeah, so basically it's a feature-length film about WordPress, and I play the part of the widgets. <laughs> And we have uh, replicated me about a thousand times. And when you click on the add widget button, we all pop up and say, add me, add me. Is your, uh, is your friend the, uh, the, the um, is the llama there, Waka, with you? Ouch, ouch. Talk about a brush off. Is the llama there? Ouch. I, I, that's not a brush off. I was just wondering if your friend the llama was there. I think yeah. Craig Yen would like oh, to see the come. llama. The llama I just saw in person last week. It's, it's striking, striking resemblance. Llama. Look. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> llama, how are you doing? <laughs> Long time no see. Right, right. He's really <laughs> glad to see you. I, I can tell. He's excited. That was more than he talked in San Francisco. That was there was a lot of people he'd never met in that room, John. You have to understand, llamas are very shy. I saw he did scarf down a lot of appetizers, though. Well, you know, llamas aren't very shy around the appetizers. <laughs> hey, I have so, to say, I have to say, I'm looking at the uh, the K12 online. So you've got Tanya Avrith and Holly Clark, and you've got. Uh, Luis Perez, Naomi Naomi Harm, Larry Ferlazzo, Sylvia Martinez, and Gary Stager, and then Brad Wade. You're in good company on that one, Bradbury. That looks good. Well, you know, the only reason why I was able to get in is because I promised a uh, special appearance by the puppets. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's a given. Right, right. But... uh... Which which puppets are you using, Jeff? Because we're we're all here. I, I counted. <laughs> we're we're all here, which is very far from there. Well, we are s- we skyping in? Is this one of those surprise things? I didn't tell you about that. I guess. I guess not. Okay, Jeff. Let we'll me bring this around. Let me get rid of the puppets for a second, Jeff. Let me bring this around <laughs> to you. Um, there's so- a lot of blogs out there that start with "These are my favorite plugins," and since we're kind of discussing all these different plugins, is there any Three, four, small number. What are those plugins that you like to use to get things up and started and running? Ooh, that's a good question. I gotta log in here and look at them again because they all of them just happen so behind the scenes that I kind of forget they're even on my my site anymore. So give me a second while we look at these here. Sure. Um. Well, I mean, one of them doesn't really add any initial functionality to. Uh, the site on startup, but it's something that I wouldn't live without at all because I've been burned before by it, and it's something that is just really important. Um, it's called Back WP Up, and what it does is it nightly will, or whatever interval you set, will <clears throat> create a entire backup of your WordPress website, and it'll even save it just right into Dropbox, which is awesome. And so if, you know, worst comes to worst, someone hacks your site, deletes it, your hosting destroys their server, which has happened to me before, too, and they aren't very good and they don't keep backups. Um, I'm not going to name who it is, but that's okay. Uh, but uh, that's really disheartening. If you've put a lot of work and time into something that you created, if the kids have taken a lot of time and posted a lot of great stuff on your site, and then you lose it. That's horrible. So there's a really easy plugin called Back WP Up, and it will run entirely in the background, and you won't even need to look at it until you need to reset your site. And then all you do is actually go in, create a new WordPress installation on whatever hosting account you set up, download or install the Back WP Up plugin, and 
all it'll say is, where's the file you want to upload? And you find it, upload it, and it'll completely get your blog exactly back to the way it was before. And that's awesome. So, you know, more than anything, I would highly recommend getting a backup plugin of any kind. I recommend back WP up. There's a, there's also another great plugin, Jeff, if you're interested. It's called WP Database Reset. And I got to tell you, once you get your, WordPress, your WordPress site to where you want it to, just run that plugin and you'll have to do the whole thing again. It'll be great for you. Completely resets things to, to, the, to where it was. That's cool. <laughs> I'm just looking at Sam over there. He looks <laughs> he looks like he's the thinker right now, doesn't he? <laughs> um, the other one, Jeff, I know that you use this one too, is uh, Pretty Links. Yes. And Pretty Links is awesome just free. because... Yeah, free. WordPress can uh, generate some pretty wicked-looking URLs. And what's really nice is you can make it so that it's your website. So instructionaltechtalk.com slash whatever it is that you want. You can put in a WordPress, you know, or instructionaltechtalk.com slash a, and that can redirect to whatever link you yep. want it to. It can go to just like the most asininely long URL that isn't even hosted on your website. It could be is basically creating a shortcut to any URL on the internet. And, and uh, that's really nice, too. And that's exactly how we are able to do teachercast.net slash iTunes slash WordPress slash SlideShare slash you name it. It's all there. want to give a big shout-out to Jay in South Jersey who is watching us from Lower Alloways Creek. He says hi. And he says more puppets. He says he's reading Uh-oh. here. Uh-oh. More, more puppets. So we have, we have one yes at, uh, for in New Jersey for more puppets. Well, you know, there is, it'll be in the show notes, there is a uh, feasibility study. I'm taking a business class, so I'm writing a business plan on an EduPuppets podcast, and I'm looking to get some uh, response to that feasibility study, so maybe I'll tweet that out, and if you love the puppets, check out the Tech Educator hashtag, and it'll be there. Include the link this time, please. Hey, now. Hey now, hey there. So, be, be so nice. we we have two people. Here. We got we have four four podcasters here. Um, two of them are on WordPress. One of them is on Blogger. John, break the tie here, kind of. Where, <laughs> which way are you swaying here? Are you swaying towards something else? Again, we're not talking websites. We're talking about getting your kids on a blogging platform. What, what's your verdict on this? All right. So I would say on uh, for this one for me. Um, if you're a Google app school, which you should be, I think that you, you've got to go with Blogger just to get them started real quick, and then I think that would be the good thing. And then if they really took to Blogger and they wanted to take it to the next level, it sounds like WordPress might be the way to go for them then too. So what? it sounds like you could do a little bit of both, but I think, like I said, it's like when we sit there and do like the SmackDowns or whatever like we do at EdCamp Dallas, there's no real winner. The winner is everybody because you can choose what fits your style and then go. And it looks like you can set it up. The, the winner will be the students, hopefully, because you'll set up your, the blogs and you'll set up individual student blogs and start building the portfolios like Sam said, now, and then you're good. But I, I have to ask you because, John, you said if your schools are Google Apps for Education, which mine is, but my students don't have accounts. They don't have email. It's only the teachers. So is that the same thing? Is it still as easy or is essentially right now like I can log in through my teacher account and create a blogger, but that's really still just the same as WordPress where the kids still have to create accounts. I mean, obviously, tell me, Jeff, can you tell me more about what you mean by we're Google Apps for Education school, but the kids don't have accounts? Well, we have a Google Education subscription. Our t- all of our logins for teachers go into a Google portal, Google Calendar, but we haven't given um, email addresses to the students. So they don't have access. Like, I, you know, Hapara for us would not work because we don't have students creating docs on Google Apps. So students don't do anything with Google Apps. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> that's all he can say. But just, Got it. But yes, but, as a, but, a, but as a teacher, we, as a teacher, <laughs> as a teacher, we can. You know, as a teacher, so, we have an account. We can create docs. We have forms. We you know, this is how we do things. But the, the students don't have that access yet. Yeah. So all you have to do is change that. <laughs> Good night, right. everybody. Right. <laughs>
Right, and then I mean that's I mean that's what you'd have you'd have to start to gather your. This is where I this is where like I love Kurt Rees on our podcast uh, Techlandia, but this is where he thinks I'm a big pain in the butt because that's what I would do. I would start banging the drums, finding the teachers are like, "Come on, guys, you need to change this. You need to change this," and I mean, then such, go through and do it's that. It's such a, a huge tool. I mean, it's like the ability to use Google Apps with the students in a way where you can, you know, even if you're not using the full-on scripting, but just being able to create collaborative documents and share templates with them easily. Um, I mean, I'm a little frustrated that my third graders don't have their Google Docs accounts, right? You know, because it, it's so awesome to use with the fourth and fifth grade because they just... They, everything's right there. They have one login, and that's all they have to do. So, um, anyway. Yeah, yeah anyway. I know. That's why we, you know, um, we had Tony Sinanis on last night, and we were talking to him. And even, you know, and he's in New York, and he was just talking about sometimes the restrictions and things. I asked him, well, what he, what he does if, you know, I forget what the, the problem was, but, like, if a restriction gets him down, you've got, you know, Tony Sinanis, BAMI Elementary Educator of the Year. Can he go to his tech people and say, this is a problem, we need to get it, because by not allowing these things, we're, we're trying to protect students, but really we're just holding up their progress by right. trying to protect them so much. And maybe those little headaches that came from maybe somebody actually does something inappropriate or whatever, but maybe those little learning opportunities, it, it far, you know, there might be some hiccups, but you have to kind of not hold up progress for what's going on, and you'd have to start to get it together. But Tony didn't have an answer. He said he's got a new tech person that he can feels like he can go to now, but, yeah, he said sometimes they just don't even listen to him, and it, it's it's hard for him sometimes. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, could you say, all right, so let's say Jeff, let's say Jeff um, can't rally enough teachers with him. Could he just do the whole thing where he makes, like, the little Google accounts and does, like, Jeff Bradbury 123 and makes, gives the student numbers and then goes in and he can make bloggers for him then? You know, it would be better to just set them all up on KidBlog or and, something like that right. where you're doing a non-email-based login. I really wouldn't ever be like, oh, the, the official system's not going to give you an email, so I'll make email addresses for all of you and give them to you myself. That's right. just and, and yeah, that, sounds that's like a bad idea. And, and that's what I've done, and I'm, I'm showing here on the screen, you know, kidblog.org slash music theory. I haven't started it with them yet this year because we've been doing Evernote, but uh, I've been doing kidblog in my class for three or four years now, and it's just easy. I love it. Good analytics. I'm looking here, and it says like 7,500 people have looked at my kids' work. Perfect. Yeah. See, there you, you just have to find the good workaround then. So for you, the answer was neither. You have to go to KidBlog with n no emails. And yeah, that's great because you got to do what you got to do. Right. But yeah. I'll tell you, Evernote is awesome. We just got done doing Evernote's a, awesome, yeah. a, a two-week history of music project. All the kids are on Evernote. Um, I was showing this off at the keynote yesterday. But, you know, I've got pictures of kids on their phones in class and the, every time that we're done class within an hour, because our room doesn't have internet access, um, be, because we're an in, well, let me say that again. We're an internal. <laughs> you're, That's you, funny because he's the orchestra teacher. You're, you're, you're you know, the, the the mic signals here are going to get me in trouble. But but be, because our room is completely inside the building and we don't have any windows the kids don't get internet access on their phones using their own wireless networks. So that's the deal. Um, so usually by lunch, the kids' phones sync up, and I start getting all their notes and stuff, and it's really amazing what it's doing. I, I know Sam and I were talking about this. I can't get them to tag things yet, um, but some of them are. And usually for homeworks, like right now, I have them tagging everything as Chapter 1 homework, and then next week it'll be Chapter 2 homework. So if I'm I can get them to do that... Not because they don't That's get so, it yet. They're, they're so used to that, though. It's, that and, just call it, it hashtagging. Yeah, but the tag on your iPhone, the tags is hidden. 
And because half of them have the older Evernote and half of them have the newer Evernote, it's really hard to do oh, that. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I didn't – if you go to our, our site, it's video videos yeah, videos.mbthsmusic. Um, I only have like 20 how to do Evernote videos on there. So all the kids have to do is watch one or two of them. And occasionally I do tweet them and, and put a blog post out of, hey, watch this. But because the tag button is hidden pretty deep in the iPad app, uh, or sorry, iPhone app, they're not finding it. Gotcha. But they are doing an awesome job. I mean, every day I get 27 views of our chalkboard, whiteboard, because they're all taking pictures of the front of it. I mean, it's working. Um, I have yet to um, – they know they're supposed to be singing for me, and I told them to open up Evernote and use the audio recorder. But as I was working with Sam the other day, they actually hid the audio recorder inside of the iPad app. So it's still there, but you now have to go into the clipboard, the, the, the paper clip, and then you find the audio recorder. So there's a lot of things that are going really, really well for our music theory kids, and I'm very excited about the work that they're doing, and their projects were absolutely amazing, guys. Have you seen one of my new favorite features in Evernote, the uh, Post-it scanning? I, I, I have not tried that yet, no. Oh, it is the coolest thing. So Post-it and Evernote have teamed up, and they've released now an update in the iPhone and iPad app uh, where you can scan the, uh, the Post-it note, and you can set it up in Evernote that depending on the color of the note, it will automatically categorize it. And so that's awesome. So I have like a couple different post-it note colors on my desk and I just grab the one based on how I want it to be categorized. Like one of them will automatically set up reminders. And but, so I can just jot down a, something that I need to do if I'm like on the phone and trying to juggle a thousand things and just take a snapshot of it in Evernote. It'll automatically create a reminder for it and categorize it into the right notebook as well. And it's awesome. But then what do you do with the paper? Post it. And recycle it. Are, are these are these special no. Evernote post-its? I mean, they have their own branded ones, and the only allure to buying those is that you get a month free premium when you buy it. Um, but any post-it will work. Now, will that extend the current premium that you currently have? Uh, I don't know if it extends it, but it, you can at least, you know, at the end of the month that you have, you can just put in a code and get it again. Because thanks to you, I bought the whole year. So I, did, yeah, I did too. I, I have, too. I mean, I have a perpetual subscription. But at the same time, <laughs> you could you could just as easily not and buy the post-it notes for three bucks and have, you know, premium every month, and have post-it notes. Jeff, I just want you to know that uh, Allison just texted me and said, you really love the Post-it Notes feature of Evernote. She says she's heard you talk about it a lot now. She's like, oh, you yeah. love that stuff. So oh, I do. She, Ted Rossisi gives you a shout-out. She says, oh, she's like, gosh, nice. Jeff loves the – she knows you're the big Evernote fan too. You, you know, I have to get you together with Classroom underscore Tech Greg Gardner. You guys are like the oh, – yeah. if you guys teamed up and did an Evernote session, we throw Bradbury in there using the video – that could be like that's the that's the uh, that's the uh, class that you'd want to take right there. That might be the video class of the well, year. That'd be fun. Hey, that'd yeah. be a good time. ISTE's coming up, right? We can do that's something right. here. There you go. Speaking of which, uh, did anybody put in for ISTE? I put so, in one. John, what did, did you, what did you put in, John? I actually, with the aforementioned Allison Anderson, put in one for with me and Dave Ga Dave Guyman and I, and we're going to try and do an amazing race, ISTE style, three hour session. And if I don't get accepted, I probably Jen will not go to ISTE, but I've been to six in a row, so I, maybe I need a break. <laughs> well, John, <laughs> you, you you have to go to ISTE. I I heard from some of the Ed Camp Atlanta girls that 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 they have some pretty good hospitals out there. Yeah, that would be good. And that's very important to me now when I travel. I had no idea how uh, important hospitals were until I went to San Francisco. And after I saw Sam, somehow um, it, I I got this well, rumbly in my tumbly, and what, I, I needed to go past a kidney stone wait, in wait, San Francisco. Wait a minute. So. Wait a minute. Can, can you back that up one more time? This all happened because you met Sam? Yeah, Sam uh, gave me a bad appetizer, and I think that's what happened. It was I think maybe he was passing me a kidney stone. It might have been the llama. I'm not sure. Thank goodness I've got Waka out there to protect me next time. He has no hands. Yeah, well, I don't know. He's pretty good with his nose. He can he can punch a little bit. He's got a he's got a quick head movement. 
Uh, Sam, um, I believe Waka put in a, an ISD presentation, right? Didn't he? Around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Waka put in a session, a uh, puppeting session, and uh, there was also uh, podcasting or something. I, I think you and I may have put in a session, Jeff. If I'm remembering correctly, we did. <laughs> uh, we put in another how to podcast, how to broadcast, and I believe this year we're actually going to be talking about classroom tips and tricks in there. So uh, we put actually in for a six-hour workshop because last year the three-hour workshop was amazing, and uh, the biggest complaint that people had was that it was too short. So we decided to go full steam and make it into a six-hour workshop. So spend six hours with us. We'll tell you all the tips and tricks about podcasting and broadcasting, um, and. What I think, Sam, we did a three-hour workshop for puppet casting. Yep, yep, three-hour workshop for puppet casting because you know they just make everything more simple. Nice. And if you're looking <laughs> for more information on how to do podcasting, um, I just put up a great slide share. And if you go over on our website to teachercast.net/slash blog you'll go to our teacher cast blog and our top thing right now says an educator's guide to podcasting and broadcasting by at Jeff Bradbury and you'll see here we have all of our slides from today's RS con about 83 of them we take you through all the tips and tricks both professionally podcasting and also classroom podcasting and uh, if you're not listening to this for a few months I know people listen to these shows all the time you can go over to teachercast.net slash slideshare where we have all of our broadcasting um, all, all of my slide decks I put up on SlideShare. So follow me there, teachercast.net slash SlideShare, and you can check all that stuff out. You can, of course... How, how many slides was that, Jeff? I know. I was going to say. 83. It's Jeff, 83. I, had, I had seven. Yes, but, but let me explain that we, one. We had the same hour. No, 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 no. There's about 25 slides that I didn't do today, and that was basically one slide per app or educational thing. So I have a slide for what is FeedBurner, a slide for what is PodTrack, a slide for what is – so basically it was like a big reference chart. Half of the slides are really just informal, and half of the slides are title slides. So, so there's... Jeff, I think that – you know what? Your, your number of slides is mirroring Adam Bellow. Yes. And <laughs> I think that maybe you're bucking for that ISTE keynote coming up. What, do, you have another, do you have another keynote coming up? Are you, are you trying to slide it in so you can go, hey, I've got a lot of slides too. You want, do you want teacher cast for the keynote this year in Atlanta? <laughs> you know what? Yesterday we were able to do – and I planned this one out on purpose. We did a keynote speaker bingo. And I had over 200 slides. I had some movies. I had a quote. I had some pictures of my students. I had some pictures of my unborn children. We had some educational iMovie trailers in there. I had some graphics. I had some quotes from Apple and Steve Jobs. I really decided – oh, and I, had, I, I did a You Matter um, uh, cameo as well. So there was a, a lot of um, – if you've seen this in another keynote, you're going to see it again. I wanted to make sure that everything <laughs> was absolutely in there because after all, if it works for them, um, it's fine. I did get permission though to use uh, pictures of my kids. I was told that it wasn't too early to start doing that. So. Excellent. <laughs> So it's it, never too early. Never too early to overshare. No, no, no. And and I realized <laughs> one thing. If you're going to be planning to do a keynote, always plan 20 minutes less than the actual time you're given, just in case things start late. I had about yes. I had about another 25 minutes to go, and I was on a roll. And then in the back, the guy's like, 10 minutes left. I'm like, oops. <laughs> but I have I, too much and too little. But I had a great time. I'm I'm, you know, it was my second, and I'm anxious to do another one. I loved it. And, uh, you know, give me a call at TeacherCast. Uh, Jeff, where can we find some of the great stuff that you're doing over there at uh, – is it at Jeff Herb now? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Uh, at INST Tech Talk, we'll still be tweeting out a lot of the great information <laughs> that I've been finding. But at Jeff Herb is what I'll be using to kind of communicate a little bit more um, with individual people in discussions and hashtag chats and all that good stuff. So that's been my ongoing debate with my own – inner self here is which one I'm going to start using more. And uh, I don't even know why it's that big of a deal. Just choose one and go with it, Jeff. But nope, not going to do it. You're going to well, spend the time between I'm going to follow at Jeff Herb then right now. You, you could always do make it. 12 inner selves and just not choose between them, but have them just, you know, perform in concert with each other. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Oh, yeah, you did just start following me. That's nice. I want to follow back. I want to follow back. All right. I'll do it right now. All right. 
But yeah, you can find me on uh, instructionaltechtalk.com or at uh, Jeff Herb on Twitter. I think we should do a show on that, guys. How, do you have to follow the same person on two different accounts? It depends. I well, like both. I like both of Jeff's personalities, so I will follow both of him. And I promise to be completely <laughs> different on each personality. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Bipo- bipolar rules. I went out with a girl that was bipolar in college. It was a crazy time, man. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew what you were going to get. Yep. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, John, what are you so, doing yeah. this week? I am going to, after we finish, I'm going to put up our new Techlandia with Tony Sinanis interview, and we had our first co-host of the Fourth Realm. We actually had Michelle Cordy and Mr. Technology Mr. search our own sound effects, and uh, we'll be going again this week. I don't know. I was thinking actually about uh, maybe going to your um, buddy Jeff and going to Brett Clark and asking him on, because it's been a while now, and I was going to ask him about his Google Chromebook rollout. I'm really... I'm really interested that, to hear how that went. For that him. guy was it fifty three, fifty eight hundred Chromebooks that guy put out this summer. I want to see that. I want to hear about that. Absolutely, so. absolutely amazing stuff happening over there in uh, Jeff Ersonville, uh, Indiana, as we put it here. <laughs> Jeff Ersonville. Sam, you've got something you're doing on. T- <laughs> you've got something you're doing on uh, Tuesday night, don't you? Tuesday, we've got the Patui chat, and this week we're doing, uh, what are we calling it, uh, Extreme Open House Makeover or Open House 2.0, revamping your open house, this old open house. We've got 100 <laughs> titles and no questions written yet, but we're going to have a Twitter chat based on looking at ways that you can improve what your open house is doing, kind of repurposing open house. I talked to some teachers, and they say, Parents show up and they start filling out forms and they do that for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And yes. I'm like, that is amazing and that is a message we must spread. <laughs> no, um, I, I actually am a lot more excited about things where they do like, you know, uh, mobile device petting zoos and tech demonstrations <laughs> by kids. And have you not heard of those? It's where, like, for a BYOD school, they'll have kids demo the different devices that, that can be used, and the parents learn about them from the kids. Okay, I was thinking that's where you threw your cell phone at a llama. I, I wasn't sure if that's how that worked. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, so let me give a shout-out at Camp Austin, too, November 9th. And, of course, if you're... I'm on, a, I'm on an at Camp High. Excellent. We are we are full steam ahead here for uh, Ed Camp New Jersey on November twenty third. Where if you're in the Philadelphia, New York, New Jersey, anywhere area, you can certainly check us out. And a lot of good stuff happening this week over here at TeacherCast.net. Uh, last two weeks have been major, major professional development for us. Um, of course, last week we attended the New York Educational Google Summit, where we did some great um, interviews, and we also invited ourselves to the New Jersey Librarians Association at right. University. So we have a lot of video that I have uh, kind of stockpiled here, and I'll be getting that out as much as possible. Of course, every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock is the Tech Educator Podcast, but stick around at 9.30. We have the Principal Cast. This is the fifth week of the Principal Cast featuring Dr. Spike Cook, Teresa Steger, and uh, Jessica Johnson. So we will check that out. Of course, you can check us out here and keep, keep touch with us by checking out teachercast.net slash iTunes and teachercast.net slash YouTube. Please take a moment and subscribe to our channels. We will see you this time next week, 7 o'clock every single Sunday. We are the Tech Educator Podcast. Good night, everybody.